Today's episode is brought to you by Bloody Buddy. Yep, that's right. We're going to talk about menstrual cups. Have you ever tried a menstrual cup? Well, I have. I'm here to say that I have. And I love it. I love my Bloody Buddy cup. The Bloody Buddy cup is a reusable menstrual cup that uses the highest grade of medical silicone. It's easy to insert, easy to remove, and completely comfortable. Although there have been a few pregnancies in between, I've been using the Bloody Buddy cup for about like three years now, and it has given me period freedom. It's changed my life completely. And you might be thinking, Mary, that sounds like super dramatic. That sounds like you're exaggerating. No, it is completely life-changing to have your period and not be thinking about it. It's completely life-changing to have your period and not have to run to the bathroom every three hours to change a pad or a tampon. Unlike pads and tampons you have to change once every three to four hours, you can keep your bloody buddy in for up to 12 hours. So not only will you be saving yourself so much time by not excusing yourself all day to go change your pad or your tampon and so much money by not having to run to the store every month to go grab whatever you need, you'll also be doing the environment a serious solid by cutting down on all that waste because your bloody buddy can be used for 10 freaking years. 10 years. And if you've tried other cups in the past and had some issues with them, we'll have no fear. The Bloody Buddy Cup is different, I promise you. It is perfect for beginners as well as seasoned menstrual cup users. What makes the Bloody Buddy Cup different from all the other cups on the market is it's easy to open design. It has patent pending, wavy grips at the bottom, a pincher bulb at the bottom of the cup to help you with, you know, easy removal when it comes time to change your cup out. And of course, it comes in a bunch of super cute colors, which is, you know, very important, very important for a menstrual cup. So go to bloodybuddycup.com, use their size guide, pick out a cute color for your cup, and enjoy the period freedom. And you can use our code WANNACHAT for 10% off of your purchase. Again, that's code WANNACHAT for 10% off of your purchase at bloodybuddycup.com. All right, now enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to today's special edition of the I Just Wanna Chat podcast. I'm Mary. Let me just start off by saying right off the bat, F you, Jake Gyllenhaal. We are here. We are going to do an official I Just Wanna Chat podcast companion guide to the new Red Taylor's version. What's a companion guide, you might ask? Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to listen to every song in its entirety. I'm not going to record me as I listen to the songs. Maybe I'll like put in like little snippets here and there because, you know, copyright. But I'm going to listen to the songs. Most of them are for my first time. I did something very shameful. I don't want to admit it out loud, but I did admit it on my story. I might have peeked out a few songs that I found here and there. But for the most part, these are all my brand new first initial thoughts. And we are going to be talking about every song on Red. I'm going to give a little bit of background where I think, you know, it's needed. And we're going to, you know, talk about it all. So let's just get started. Let's hop into it. Um, and we will start off with State of Grace, track number one. Right off the bat, you can tell that her voice is just more mature and fuller. Like, that's what we experienced when we listened to the Fearless Taylor's version. Songs that before I, like, couldn't stand to listen to because of her voice. Like, like, and I didn't even know. I think the best example of this from Taylor's version of Fearless is um, The Other Side of the Door. I don't think I ever even listened to that song, like, all the way through in its entirety just because, like, it never sounded great. But then on Fearless Taylor's version, it sounded so much fuller and more better. More better. It sounded more better. Thanks for listening to the I Just Want to Chat podcast. We have great commentary. It was more better. Um, but right off the bat, I could already tell with State of Grace, it is 
Car Girls Grown Up, and vocal problems that I didn't even know I had with the first album, the first album meaning the original Scooter Braun-owned version of Red. Um, I didn't even know that I had vocal problems with it, but this one just... I know I will reach for this one. I mean, obviously I'm going to reach for the Taylor's version by default anytime. But even if it ownership didn't matter, I would reach for this one hands down. It is so good. It's one of my favorite Taylor Swift songs. One of her best opener, like album openers of all time. Probably her best album op album opener of all time, I'd say, right? I can't think of a better one. Maybe the one. Can you guys all remember listening to Folklore? We turned it on for the first time. And the first words we heard from her was, I'm doing good. I'm on some new shiz. Um, welcome to the I Just Want to Chat podcast. We also say the word shiz instead of uh, swearing like an adult. Anyway, um, one of her best songs. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. 10 stars to Taylor's version of State of Grace. All right. And now it's time for track number two, which is Taylor's version of Red. Let's get it. That intro, man, that intro. Again, with her voice. I can't say that every time. That sounds so good. My goodness. My goodness. The burning red, like the high note, like where she belts it. Goosebumps! And I know that makes me sound like I'm being dramatic or like I'm exaggerating. True goosebumps. How freaking cool is this? Like that's, that was the feeling I got while listening to the re-recording of Red, that last track. The whole time I just kept thinking, wow, this is amazing. And wow, how freaking cool is this? That we get to, like, relive Red all over again. And, like, I mean, of course, we're all in a different place than we were all those years ago. But, like, I'm sitting here, I'm like, I was a senior in high school when this came out. And now I'm a married mother of three. <laughs> what what happened? What happened? Um, it was great. Her, again, her vocals were just far superior. It was like candy. The whole thing was, like candy and next we have treacherous one of my favorite songs of all time i think it's my i need to re-rank my favorite taylor swift songs but before folklore and evermore i think it was my number two or my number three it's one of my favorite love songs of all time even if it's about her losing her virginity to jake gyllenhaal oh but these are my first tears my first tears of the album Oh my goodness. Okay, who is who's on the drums? Who's let me pause. Who the hell is on the drums here? I feel like I'm so emotional because I can feel like the passion. Like this is how I've always felt about this song. Like the bridge, it's like one of my favorite bridges that she's ever done. And then just like oh, like the the drums on top of the passion. Guys, how lucky are we? This is so good. Oh my goodness. It only gets better. It only gets better. Oh 
my goodness, guys. Okay, that's the first one. I mean, we're we're three tracks into this, and this is the first time I'm having to stop myself from playing it over again. Oh my, I... I mean, I wouldn't trade my life right now for anything. We could all say that, right? But I feel like I'm being transported back to that girl that I used to be, like, coming home from a date and just, like, blasting this with my roommates and I like I could feel the passion and then the drums the drums on top of it I'm a sucker for good drums the drums on pa- on top of it and the the get you get you alone oh, amazing her vocals top notch everything top notch um I know how like every time there's a fake Taylor's version that comes out it's really just like somebody like pitched it down and then they're trying to like pass it off on TikTok as a um, I was like, oh, this is Taylor's version of Blank Space. And they really just like pitched it down a little bit. I feel like that could have been, if it wasn't for the drum, somebody could have told me that this was like a fake version. Like, I don't know if I'm phrasing this right. Long story short, I'm just trying to say her voice sounds deeper. Um, it's just, it's one of her best songs of all time. And like a quick refresher about the background of that song I said earlier, I'm like, oh, this is, this is a song where, like, we all can kind of infer that she lost her virginity to Jake Hall, which I know that we're not supposed to talk about. But, I mean, like, if she put it in the liner notes, she didn't specifically put it in the liner notes, but we can infer through literary devices, whatever. Not literary devices. Literary clues um, that maybe that's what happened. Who knows? Who who knows? And who cares? It's not it's none of my business, and yet I'm saying it here. But um, we know that this one is about Jake Hall because the liner note in this song says won't stop till it's over which is the line in the song sweet disposition by the temper trap and in all too well which we could assume is about jake gyllenhaal um it says sweet sweet disposition and you know it it, it all comes together treacherous is about jake gyllenhaal as are the last two songs that we listened to because the liner note in the song red says sag um, which could be Screen Actors Guild. He's an actor. Or probably what it means is Sagittarius. And Sagittarius is the uh, sign for both Taylor Swift and Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, so we can infer that both are about Jake from that. Anyway, let's move on to track number four, I Knew You Were Trouble. This is one that I'm really excited to listen to because um, her vocals. I'm hoping that she really hits the course. It already sounds so good. Yep, that's, let me just stop it right there. The found me, found me, found me. That's what I was hoping for with the, um, with the new vocals. I remember when she would perform the song live, it was always kind of like a brace yourself moment because it's a, it was a hard, like little riff that she wrote in there, you know? Um, but she just nailed it and it sounds so good. So good. I'm loving this. I'm loving this one. I mean, it's. I'll let it, I'll let it finish out. I really liked how this one was produced. This was really good. Um, I, I feel like, like, I don't have, like, an emotional connection to, to I Knew You Were Trouble, but it's a good one. And if you didn't know the backstory on I Knew You Were Trouble, we can infer that this one is probably about Harry Styles, which you might be saying, Mary, Harry Styles, there weren't songs about him until, um, 1989, but... This one is kind of about their rumored first fling. That's what everybody kind of thinks. 
Um, because when she accepted her, it was either a Brit award or a VMA, but she accepted it for the song and she was just like, and whoever the song is about, you know exactly who you are. And it was shortly after their breakup and it like pans over to Harry Styles and there's other like context clues that it's about like their first little fling. Um, but also if someone told me that it was about John Mayer, I would believe it as well. But anyway, I knew you were trouble was good. was good. I'm just preparing myself for, you know, the next, the next song. But side note, remember like the goat meme, like the, I knew you were trouble. And then like, it would put like the goats noise. My husband and I showed that to our daughter. She's like about to turn five. We showed that to our daughter tonight for the first time and she died. She thought it was so funny. So anyway, if you're looking for a good time, show all the kids in your life the I knew you were trouble goat meme. Anyway, here we go, guys. Here we go, team. Here is the um, Taylor's version of All Too Well, the original, original version of All Too Well. But let us brace ourselves. Just this intro, just, it's just fall. It's autumn. It brings me, it brings me right to the season, even though it's effing hot here in Vegas. Let me listen instead of complaining about the weather. The emotion. Chills. Oh my goodness. This is magical. This is magical. The, the phrasing, the phrasing of every word has been so thoughtfully produced. This is pure magic. We are so lucky. Oh my gosh, guys. Amazing. Amazing. Again with the chills. Again with the, I wish I wasn't recording right now and could just re-listen to it. It was so good. And you know what really struck me about this one? I already said it before, like the phrasing of every word. Um, But... Not just the phrasing of, of every word, but like the pronunciation. Something that used to always get me about Taylor Swift songs was I used to be in choir when I was in high school and my evil demon of a teacher, she was very mean. She would always get after us about pronunciation, like in words. And if we were singing the word you and accidentally like pronounced it chew which sounds dumb, but when you sing the word you, a lot of times it comes out as chew. Um, she would get like really mad. And I've always, it's always been hard for me to listen to a lot of Taylor Swift songs. I mean like hard, that, that's, that's not what I mean. I, I listen to it with joy, but um, it's always been a hurdle for me when I listen to it because I would always be able to pick out all the chews and there were a lot of them in the real All Too Well, the, the first version. But now the Taylor's version of All Too Well, she even pronounced the you. Like, you could tell she was very, very thoughtful. And I kind of wonder if she, over the years, has, like, listened to these and been like, oh, like, if I could do it over again, I would do it this way. Um, I decided to go on and figure out who was producing all of these songs. Um, and I'm hoping that this is an accurate list. This is from Wikipedia, so maybe we could take it with a grain of salt. Grain of salt. But... Um, 
Here is who produced this version of All Too Well because I heard those backup vocals. This was um, Rowe. I don't know what his first name is. Christopher Rowe. He also produced so far State of Grace, Red, and I Knew You Were Trouble. And now All Too Well. Well, it seems like he's on a lot of these. Um, yeah, it was amazing. I will talk more about All Too Well later. I have a feeling. I have a feeling it might come up again. Anyway, let's talk about um, 22, um, Taylor's version, which is produced by um, Johan Choback again, which is surprising to me because I thought that they kind of cut ties. 22 has never been my favorite song, but like it's a fine song. It's a good part. It's a good pop song. But she sounds great. She sounds great. Ooh, the vocal sounds so good. At the same time. Here I am. I'm like, it's not my favorite. And then I'm singing along. I'm dancing. Dancing in my closet as I record. All right. That was 22. Um, it was good. It was good. Again, it's like not my favorite song, but it's a, it's a great pop song by just... When I'm sitting here in my closet listening to Red, or like to listen to Red, it's a hard... Um, it's a hard thing to go from like all too well where I have like goosebumps on my hand. It, like any anything that follows all too well is gonna be like it's a tough beat for that song, you know. Anyway, but it was good. I um, I think that maybe this one is the one where the production sounded the most off from the original, which isn't a bad thing. It's just something to point out. Like it's just something that's like a little different. Um, like it's not so far six tracks in. It's the one that's like the least um the carbon copy of another one. But I do think it's still a good replacement for anybody that wants to license the song 22 and like pay the artist appropriately, you know? Here is um, track number seven, I Almost Do, one of my favorite Taylor Swift songs of all time, one of her best bridges of all time. Um, I guess we'll talk about it later, but here's I Almost Do. I'm so excited. This sounds so good. I kind of wonder if she's playing it like live and like they're recording it live like while she's playing her, her guitar with the band. Because it sounds very, um, I don't, I don't know the word. It sounds like what I just described. It sounds like she's playing it all at the same time. Her vocal is so good. And like the, there's something about the instrumentation that sounds a little different and it's, it's so good. Ooh, that was a good way to phrase that. Here it comes. She sounds so good. That's a part of the song, by the way, that my husband always says sounds like David Archuleta's crush. And now you have that image in your brain forever. Ooh, that sounded so good. I think this might be one of my favorites so far. So good. So good. Let me hear like the very end of it. If I could give a song a standing ovation so far, I think I would. I'm I'm sure it's because I have like an emotional connection to the song. Just because, you know, I was a teenager when it came out and I feel like everybody that you know, was, does. Um, 
But it was so good. It's so good. And I think I think that that wins my award for most improved so far. I think Treacherous was still packed like the biggest like gut punch. Um, and All Too Well was just, you know, made so much more like richer. But this, it's like that same thing that I was talking about with um, the other side of the door from Fearless Taylor's version. Like, although I liked, loved, this is one of my favorite Taylor Swift songs ever, like one of my favorite bridges from her. Um, although I loved the original version, this one is far and by superior. Oh my goodness, I can't wait to re-listen. Okay, so now we're going to go to track number eight. Oh, by the way, this one, we don't really know exactly who it's about. Like the liner, the liner note is just, I wrote this instead of calling. We could assume that's about Jake Gyllenhaal, but you know, who, who really is to know? Anyway, here is track number eight. We are never, ever getting back together. She sounds so good already. All right, that was We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. And to be an honest and true and fair journalist in this medium of podcasting, I must say probably in all my re-listens will probably be the one I skip so far. Um, doesn't mean that it's bad. Doesn't mean that she didn't sound good. I do think that this is the most, um, if any of them so far have been like, Somebody doing a cover of a Taylor Swift song-esque, it, it would be this one. Um, the The thing about 22 was she kind of, like, kept the magic still in it. Um, in this one, yes, she, like, did still do, like, the cute little things. And maybe it's just, like, her age now, like, knowing that she's, like, more mature and her voice is a little bit deeper. Just it, the, the re-recording did lose a little bit of its whimsy. But that being said, I mean, everybody still listened to this one over the other one. Like, if you're going to listen to one, you got to listen to the Taylor's version. But if there's any one that I'm going to skip from this moment out so far out of all the nine songs that we've listened to at this point, um, or the eight songs, what, what number are we on? Um, it would be that one probably, but it doesn't mean I don't love it. And, and she said, she's a great girl. Taylor Swift is a great girl. Okay, here's Stay, Stay, Stay. I wonder if she's going to keep the laugh in this one. Hopefully. In my mind, this one has always been about John Mayer. Um, and I know people might hate that, but uh, it just, it seems, it seems John Mayer-y of like a good time. Like, I bet you this was a leftover from, from Speak Now. Okay, I'll stop talking. Ooh, her vocals sound good. All right, recording to see if she leaves in the laugh. I hope she does. All right, she did. She did it. That was very cute. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen Glee? Have you guys ever seen Glee? Um, you know, like that one scene. It was it was like before Glee started to get bad. They were like trying to get kicked out of the of the library, and they were doing like some like sexy like raunchy song or something like the Glee club members. And then the old lady librarian walks over and is like, "Well, that was very cute." I want you to perform at my church. That's how I feel right now. That was very cute. Um, with the last song, I was like, oh, I feel like it kind of lost its whimsy. Um, this one, I feel like it possibly even gained more. I feel like I could picture her just in a room 
having fun with it. Let's see who produced Stay, Stay, Stay. It's uh, the Christopher Rowe guy. Um, and it, it sounded very good. It, it was good. It was cute. We, I don't think anybody needed that much from Stay, 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 right? Like, we're, we're fine. Um, I also remembered that this one she claims is, like, about nobody. Like, she just says, like, I, like, daydreaming about love, I think, was the liner note in the original. Um, so. Maybe not about John Mayer. Taylor Tucker and other John Mayer haters would be pleased to hear. Next, we have The Last Time featuring Gary Lightbody of, of Snow Patrol. Let's hear it. This is a good song. I do like this song. This already sounds very different. He's phrasing things differently. Where, like, when Taylor does it, I'm like, yes, Taylor. But with this dude, I'm like, please don't change it. Oh, the instrumentation is different on this. Violins? And like a military drum beat? Hmm. This. It's fine. L let me let them finish up. Taylor sounded amazing. Gary Lightbody sounded, sounded good too. He sounded great. There were good vocals throughout. It reminded me of when two YouTubers decide to collab, but from different locations, and then they superimpose their their two clips together. It sounded like that. It's very clear to me like that. They were nowhere near each other while recording this, and it was just kind of uh, pasted together. Who produced this one? It was Jackknife Lee. I don't know a thing about Jackknife Lee. Couldn't... Don't know him from Adam. Nope. Um, but it was good. Oh my goodness, that song is five minutes long. That did not feel like five minutes. So maybe I should stop bad-mouthing it. It was good. I prefer the original, I think. But will I continue to listen to the original? No, because F Scooter Braun. Next is Holy Ground. I'm very excited about this one. Holy Ground, as we know, is about Joe Jonas. Let's hear it. Oh, right off the bat. Different. Ooh, good vocals. This one also sounds like it was recorded live. I'm really liking this one. And it still had, as much as like her vocals have improved and her pronunciation has improved. Sorry, I wanted to hear that part real quick. Um, it still has that part where she says, I block the noise with the sounds. We block the noise with the sounds of I need you. Um, and it still sounds like F the noise. <laughs> It still, it still sounds like that on accident. Anyway, liking it so far. Oh my gosh. I feel like I tweeted the words, I don't want to dance if I'm not dancing with you at least 20 times during my Provo, Utah experience. It's bringing me back, man. This sounds great. The song sounds great. I really liked it. I really liked it. Um... Again, not a carbon copy, but that's okay. I think that it's an improved upon version. Again, this is another one where I think that she probably recorded it live, like with a band, and then they recorded it. Um, the producer on that one was Jeff Basker. Again, I'm familiar with his work. 
He's also known as Billy Craven. I'm reading the Wikipedia. Billy Craven and U-G-L-Y. Um, oh, 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 guess what? Guess what he also produced? Kanye West's My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, which is the album that Kanye recorded after all the Taylor Swift stuff, after the VMAs. And he worked on 808s and Heartbreaks and Heartbreak. Watch the Throne, and Donda. So he worked with Kanye recently, and yet he went and did this song. And this is the only one. No, he also produced The Lucky One. What in the world? That seems like a very weird tone shift. Oh. Huh. Very interesting. Oh my goodness. Okay, well, let's let's go to the next song. Uh, which is Sad, Beautiful, Tragic, a song I'm very, 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 very excited to hear the re-recording of. Very excited to hear this one. This one was written by Taylor Swift all by herself. Um, and it's always been an understated, underranked fave. And I'm excited to hear what she does vocally with it. This is so pretty. I'm just sitting here, just soaking it in. Oh, it's so pretty. It's very pretty. I feel like there's not that much to say about Sad, Beautiful, Tragic. But it's very good. Very good. Um, the next one we have is The Lucky One, which is probably about Joni Mitchell, but in my brain. I always like to imagine that it's about... Um, that's about Lana Del Rey. It's not. It's definitely not. But wouldn't it be fun if it was? Anyway, here's the lucky one. <laughs> let's let's see how it goes. It's gonna be great. I think this was one of my favorite um like stagings that she's ever done on a tour. Like when she had those backup dancers and they were doing the claps and stuff. Or the backup singers. It was very cute. Already the vocals. Oh my goodness. That sounded like painful. She probably feels this song a lot more now after everything that's happened. Did not predict um, to be emotionally affected by the song right now. I feel like she's in pain singing this. Oh my. Guys, why am I crying? I'm crying right now listening to this. I feel like I could feel her pain. Not feel her pain, but like hear her pain. And you know who I'm thinking about? Britney Jean Spears. I'm thinking about Britney. That was beautiful. I'm thinking about Britney Jean Spears. And I also just watched that Britney Murphy movie. Or, you know docu thing on uh, HBO. <sighs> Is fame worth it? That's what we must ask ourselves right now at 11.20 p.m. while we record our, podca our podcast. <sighs> that was great. That was great. Did not expect to be emotionally affected by that, yet here we are. 
Here's the next song, Everything Has Changed, featuring Ed Sheeran. I did see a tweet earlier of somebody saying this was the most improved. So I'm excited to hear it. Let's go. Okay, see, so when, when Taylor does her cute little recreating things, I'm like, oh, cute. But when Edward Sheeran goes on and he's like, we good to go? I'm like, you cheesy B word. Get off of here. Anyway. Sounds good so far. I think that they recorded this one live too. That's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Ooh, loving it. I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was good. And it sounded, it definitely did sound a lot better than the original. It's definitely going to be my preferred version. Again, to clarify, I will be listening to the Taylor's versions, but uh, if ownership had nothing to do with it, I would definitely reach for this one over the others. Um, they both sounded really good. And I like the guitar. And I really do think that they played it live. That's what I'm, that's what I'm assuming. Um, next we have Starlight um, about Ethel Kennedy. I just did a deep dive on the Kennedy family recently, and um, it's not great. There weren't a lot of great things going on. Um, a lot of tragedy. Another uh, is fame worth it situation um, to think about. Um, but here we go. This has never been my favorite song. Here we go. Oh, whoops. I said this has never been my favorite song and I'm immediately singing along. The whole place was just to the nines. This is another, this was very cute. Probably another skip for me. You know, many people are like, oh, it must be so hard and weird for her to record like All Too Well again or like these other songs like now that she's happy and time has passed and everything. That one's got to be a hard one to record. She was so whipped by Connor Kennedy back in the day where she was like, you know what's going to secure my spot in this family? If I write a song about grandma. And that's what she did. She wrote a song about grandma and it became the second to last track on her CD. Can you believe? Anyway, next we have Begin Again. Again, one of my favorite Taylor Swift songs of all time. I'm very excited about this one. So let's get to it. This is another like transports me back immediately to autumn. Good vocals. Good vocals, Blondie. This one just sounds magical. It's so good. We are so lucky. Who is singing background on this? I wonder. Who's who's producing this one? Christopher Rowe again. This man. His bills are paid for forever now. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. I will say I'm not a huge fan of how it was mixed. I, the backup vocals like sounded very, um, like they were too loud. If that makes sense. Like there were, there was something going on funky with like the production of it, but very good. 
and some of her um some of her best songwriting i think on red i loved it okay next it's time to sob time to sob it's the moment i knew dang it dang it jake Hall. let's go to her birthday make her happy man i wonder if we could hear the emotional emotion i bet you we can guys <laughs> woof emotion I'm in love with this. One of her most heartbreaking songs, I think. Like, you could tell she was just so sad. Again, fame. Is it worth it? I don't know. I don't know. She seems pretty sad here. Guys, I'm doing it. I'm gonna go key Jake Gyllenhaal's car. For legal reasons, that is a joke. But, I mean, I'm tempted. I live in a big city. I live in Vegas. Celebrities frequent this area. I, I could find them. Oh my goodness. It's so sad. That was amazing. One of my faves. Wish I could re-listen to it. Um, not that much to say. Just a very good, a good job, Taylor. I don't know if anyone's told you lately, Taylor, but you're doing, you're doing a great job. All right, next we have Come Back Be Here, a song about Oscar winner Eddie Redmayne. Um, backstory, Taylor Swift once upon a time was auditioning for the role of Eponine in Les Miserables, which eventually went to Samantha Barks, which I think was a good choice. Um, Les Mis is one of my favorite movies, even though people love to poop upon it. Um, it was about Eddie Redmayne. They hit it off during auditions. And then she wrote it about the distance. Again, she's not coming out and saying this, but, you know, one one can infer um, through context clues. Anyway, here is Come Back Be Here. I'm excited about it. And it's also having a moment on TikTok right now. So this is timely. Guys, I'm emotional. When I lived in Provo, I was, like, loosely dating a dude, and then he went to, like, he went on trips a lot, and I think I tweeted the song in its entirety as well. I should really delete my Twitter. A great song. A bop. A banger. Can't believe it didn't make it on the regular album and was a, was a bonus track. You know, great, great work. Not much to say. A great bridge. A great short and sweet bridge with a lot of, a lot of oomph. And she did a great job at the re-recording. All right, next we have Girl at Home, a song that is critically panned, to be honest. Um, I don't mind it. I uh, I think the story goes that it's about Zac Efron. Do we know that for sure? I don't know. But the story is it's like, well, they were promoting the Lorax. It was a thing. I don't know. Um, but Girl at Home. Oh, huh, looky here. Uh, this version of Girl at Home is produced by Elvira of uh, the Willow Remix Elvira editions. Um, don't know uh, what what she has on Taylor and why she uh, keeps producing these things. I shouldn't say that. That's mean. I'd love to see women in audio production. A fellow woman in audio production. Let's go. Girl at home. Before I put my foot in my mouth even further. Okay, let's go. Bye. This is a different song.
this is this is a new song it sounds like she's underwater I I don't think I'm gonna listen to that one again I I think I've had my fill it's uh you know it's I'm happy for the people that are happy about it Let's go to State of Grace acoustic version. A lovely treat. I'm excited that we're getting this one. Because I, I do love, do love this version of it. I think so far this is the one that sounds the most like the original. Which is a good thing. I love the original. Let's hear how she pronounces ball. Beautiful. For some reason I always love how she pronounces it on this song. This is very pretty. Alright team, next we have Ronan. I haven't listened to Ronan in years and years and years. I'm a mom now and I know it's selfish to say like, oh I can't visualize or uh, you know, uh, I, I can't let other people's pain into my life because I don't want to think about personal pain of like, you know what could happen and everything. But I don't know if I'm going to make it through this song. The song, uh, I, I get a lot of anxiety about children, death stuff. I'm really, I'm really quirky and weird. I worry about my kids dying all the time. Anyway, here's Ronan. Yeah, sorry team. I made it like a minute long. I, I can't. I'm already crying. Anyway. Ooh, next is Better Man. I'm going to take a minute and then we're going to listen to Better Man together. Okay. I've never been on the Better Man train with a little big town. But I did listen to the recently released demo, and I've been liking that, so I'm excited about this one. Long intro. Ooh, this is good. Guys, how did she ever leave this off of Red? How did we get Starlight, but not this? This is amazing. Oh my gosh. F you, Jake Dolan Hall. Bravo. Can't wait to listen to that one again. Cannot wait. But I can wait because next is nothing new with Phoebe Bridgers, my girl Phoebe. I, I've been on a big Phoebe Bridgers kick this year. My top played artist on my Spotify Unwrapped is surely going to be, embarrassingly, Bo Burnham or Phoebe Bridgers. Which which doesn't say great things about my mental state this year. But I'm glad that I had them both as companions. And I'm glad that Phoebe is a companion on this one with Taylor. And our only hope is that Taylor gave her a verse instead of backup vocals. Let's see. I'm excited to see how this one goes out. Oh, and I think this is the one about her journal entry. At first I couldn't tell if that was Phoebe or Taylor. This is another one about how fame sucks, I think. I think I saw it on a tweet that this is the one about her journal entry about how fame sucks. Sounds like it. I wonder if this is her first 
documented lyric about drinking. She just said, I've had too much drink to, to drink tonight. I, I wonder. But this is very good. Yep, there we go, Phoebe! I loved it. Loved it. Cannot wait to listen again. They're both great. And that song was sad. Again, we must ask ourselves. Fame. Is it worth it? I'm unsure. Anyway, next we have Babe uh, Taylor's version, which is the uh, song that she wrote for Sugarland. Is it Sugarland or Sugarland? Unsure. Do I care to Google? Nope. Here we go. Here's Babe. Poppy. Got that funky beat. It was fine. Babe was fine. It's never been my fave. And it, it, it did well. Let's see who produced that one. I'm going to guess Jack Antonoff. And I was right. Jack Antonoff. Um, the next one is produced by, uh, Shellback. Ooh, so this is like a poppy discard. This, this is going to be one that should have been a single. It was Max Martin and Johan Shellback. So, uh, let, let's see what they had in store. This is mes Message in a Bottle. It's cute. It sounds like a Carly Rae Jepsen song, but it's not a bad thing. That's a very good thing. Doesn't sound Taylor Swift caliber, but it's good. Again, that was very cute. I liked it. I think she was good to discard it, but it's a fun little, a fun little treat. Thank you, Taylor. Next we have, I Bet You Think About Me featuring Chris Stapleton, one of the two explicit songs on this album. So let's, uh, let's get into it. Don't know script. Uh, Chris Stapleton. Like, I mean, I know who he is, but I don't. I'm completely unfamiliar with his work, other than his Justin Timberlake song, but we don't talk about that. Anyway, here's a bet you think about me. Girls got that twang. The twang that she warmed up with on Fearless Taylor's version is here. The twang is here. Girls out here talking about how she didn't grow up with a silver spoon and she grew up on a farm. Girl, you love her. She grew up on a Christmas tree farm that her stockbroker dad purchased as like a fun place for their kids to grow up. And uh, she, they, they were in a financial position that was uh, comfortable enough to uproot their lives and move to Nashville. Um, and pay people a lot of money to uh, get their daughter's songs heard, which was a good thing. I mean, we've all been blessed because of it, but, uh, the, the, the silver spoon comment, you know, maybe this is a folklore situation where she's not singing about herself. This song is very fun. That was, I bet you think about me and let me just be the first to say F you Jake Hall. That was a beautiful drag, a beautiful drag. I'm excited to listen to that one again. Um, anyway, next we have Forever Winter, which I've already been texted and warned is an emotional one. So let's, uh, let's hear it. Oh my gosh, this one is sad. 
Like, upbeat, but, like, sad. I like it. Oh, my gosh. A gut punch. Very sad. Oh, my goodness. Very good. I... What do you even say about that one? It's nice that she wrote about that subject matter. Yikes. Yikes. I'm getting sleepy. Uh, here's Run by Taylor Swift featuring, featuring Ed Sheeran. Sounds very pretty so far. The song is fine. The song was fine. I'm sleepy. Here's uh, the very first night, the next song. Uh, maybe I'll end up loving Run later in life, but as of right now, I want to go to bed. The very first night is cute. Very fun. Very cute. But nothing else matters. It's all too well time, baby! Shameful. Shameful, I know. I'm a troll. I'm a horrible person that deserves to be canceled momentarily i did listen to the leaked all too well yesterday forgive me swifties for i have sinned but if it makes it f you feel any better the quality of the one i got wasn't amazing so this will be my first high quality experience really like hearing the lyrics so here we go i have to um i have to admit wish anybody but Jack Antonoff produced this. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of, before Folklore, I wasn't a, a fan at all, like, of his re-recording stuff. Like, I always just said, please, for the love of all that is holy, keep him away from the re-records. But, um, I haven't ever been, like, a fan of his production, but I mean, we can't be mad at the man who gave us August, right? In Gold Rush. But, here we go. Here's 10 minute all two. <gasps> and this is also recorded, by the way, before we got the movie. I don't know why she had to do that. Big, you can't spell awesome without me vibes. That's the only complaint you'll hear from me about this. This is amazing. This is the part that I started sobbing at when I listened to it last night. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. The birthday. The birthday. The effing birthday. 
best bridge, best bridge of all time. Goosebumps all over. And did the love affair maim you too? That's that's what we saw from the um the the little preview thing, the Tumblr video that she made. I didn't predict that it was gonna be an all too well. I wish that Jack didn't produce this one, but it's good. I mean, good. Here I am. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. The the minute and a half long outro. I mean, I don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth, but a little bit of a cop-out of filler time. I'm not going to complain yet. I did for a second, but you know, it's fine. I understand that we need filler content. I am shocked. I'm shook. I'm shaken. I dreamed of this for forever. I dreamed of this long 10 minute all too well for the last eight years of my life. Amazing. Amazing. I, overall, what a gift. What a gift. We are so lucky. Standout favorites. I, I mean, I still was moved to tears when I heard the treacherous one. I almost do was an amazing improvement. Come Back Be Here was a really good one. Um, everything has changed. That one got cleaned up really well. Disappointment ones, I think probably my low point of the original album would be The Last Time. Um, or Starlight, because again, I just don't love that one that much. But overall, amazing. I think I... I mean, I already rank this... I already rank Red above Fearless, so it's unfair to be like, I like this one more than Fearless, Taylor's version. But that's how I'm feeling right now. That was great. Everybody, thank you so much for listening along with this uh, self-indulgent companion guide really just an excuse for me to lock myself in my closet and not have to put my kids to bed because I had to work. Qu quotation marks. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the I Just Want to Chat podcast. Um, make sure to follow us on TikTok at, at I Just Want to Chat podcast. Follow us on Instagram at, at I Just Want to Chat podcast. We are giving away a copy of the Red CD and there haven't been that many entries yet. And you have to, in order to enter, you just enter with all your favorite Taylor Swift albums ranked in the comments. So even if you rank reputation number one, which I would not do, uh, you could still win. So go do that. Um, again, thank you to Bloody Buddy for sponsoring this episode. Um, if you are looking to purchase a menstrual cup, go to bloodybuddycup.com and use the code WANNACHAT for 10% off of your purchase. There's also going to be a Black Friday sale next week, like a pre-Black Friday sale, and it's going to be like their lowest price ever, and you can get an extra 10% off with my code WANNACHAT. Um, anyway, thank you all so much for listening today and happy red day. I, I can't wait to listen to this again and again and again. All right. Bye.